bonfires burning bright, pumpkin faces in the night. I remember Halloween, dead cats hanging from poles, little dead around in droves. I remember Halloween. Vertigo with skeletal life is known. I remember Halloween this day. Anything goes, burning bodies hanging from poles. I remember Halloween. Your head horror radio. I'm Neil. Mm-hmm. And I am John. That would make you. That would make me Troy. All right, and we're joined by Mark Borchart. Yeah, heck yeah, man. All right, can you swear on this. I don't like the swear. Can you swear on the thing? <laughs> oh yeah, you can say anything you want on here. Okay. So you just to start off with a little big swear on the fest? <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> oh, no, no. I just was, I was just looking ahead, man, for emphasis. Yeah, <laughs> I'm among friends here. You know, actually, the first question: How many times do uh, people mispronounce your name? Oh, not many, uh, because there's, there's, I don't know, there's really rarely an occasion where it's, where it's, uh, used. It's the last name for chart, man. And, um, I, people pretty well nail it on the head. That's cool. Uh, I want everybody to know too about, uh, the website, covenigma.com. Yeah, that's, uh, set up by a great friend and, uh, collaborator of ours, Patrick Nenesheim, who had the great, great intuition and even the, greater determination to put together this uh, 10-year anniversary of uh, COVID, man. So, Patrick Nettesheim, is he aware of this interview? Yeah. Oh, cool. Hey, Pat, man, I hope you're doing really good tonight, man. We'll probably be playing some of his, uh, some of the tracks from the uh, from the CD tonight. And if anyone yeah, wants Pat. to pick up that CD, just go to covenigma.com. Yeah, and I, and I would like to add that if, if we're looking for a horror soundtrack and, you know, Patrick Nettesheim is out there, He's a fantastic musician, a great guy to work with. Patrick Nettesheim will do your horror soundtrack. Get a hold of the dude. He is good. Oh, that's cool. So he, you know, he does that for other, for other films too? Yes. I mean, he is a man out there to engage himself in the world with his music. Yeah, the guy does our, our theme song too, Ron Hex. He's a good dude. He's a good friend of ours. So, very, uh, very good. Yeah. So check that out. How, how did, were you happy with like how Covenigma went? Yeah, of course. I mean, it was, um, it was great friends there, a great time. Um, yeah, it was, it was just a great event. I was, I was blown away that Pat put the whole thing together because there's so many inherent complexities to do it, you know, that, that crop up and he dealt with them. He faced pressure, but he, uh, persevered and, 
And yeah, Pat, Pat Nenesheim, dude, he was the, he was the guy who, uh, it was his brainchild. He put it together, man, and made it happen. I was impressed, and there was a lot of great vibe, great people, people that came in from other states, man. It was just like a down-home thing, man. It was really great. Mm-hmm. It was like, you like doing that, like uh, interacting with, like, you know, other uh, horror, horror movie fans and fans of your stuff? Um, I mean, yeah, well, you know, what is interaction and what do you get out of it? You know, it's, it's it's a degree of socializing, a certain depth of socializing. And when people honestly and sincerely say, hey, man, I dig your stuff, which is um, the only thing that essentially they've ever been exposed to of mine would be would be Colvin. Um, you know, okay, that's very, very cool. I don't, I don't really remember too many in-depth conversations about it or, or things about like, hey man, what, 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 why did you do this? Why do you behave like you do? Why, what do you think about, you know, those are questions that would excite and inflame, uh, my mind, but these are, these are very surface renderings of, of greetings, just that, hey, like your stuff and all of that stuff. It's very heartfelt and it's very rudimentary and, now on a show like this, man, if, if possible, you know, we'll see where the conversation goes. Would you like to do that? Like maybe it's like an annual event? Um, you think it's yeah, like actually, a one-time uh, Pat, was, Pat was having that in mind. Uh, but again, it's, it's it's a huge endeavor. I have no, I have no clue, man. I mean, I like to drink coffee. I like to think about things. I like good books. I like to write. And, and those are like the most, almost highly exciting things and in and encounters are people who create uh, interesting behaviors and language, man. And if you get them down on the paper, that's high, that to me is highly exciting. And, and productive and creative work is is highly exciting. Um, revolutionary work because the mold is molded even further, you know. And I I uh, I don't I don't uh, I try to stay away from the mold, man. And, and maybe my stuff possibly that we've been doing is a little bit different. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But everyone is different, so we're all doing the same thing. We're we're living. How how much of you is in Coven, like the the main character? Is that like really you? No, that's that, that's actually a character, man. Because um, uh, you know, is it like dude, parts of your character in that character? Yeah, I mean, any actor, no matter what, has part of that in it. I mean, that's that's inevitable, unavoidable. Um, you know, it, it certainly ain't me. But it has remnants of me. It has resonance of me. You know, there, you know, there are parts of me. You know, obviously it's my voice. Obviously it's my physicality. Uh, you know, but I play a writer who's, you know, doing his thing in that. So, you know, I'd have to, you know, I'd have to see it. But yeah. uh, you think it would be easier for you if you had, um, you know, would you ever think about like maybe focusing more on the directing and the. And the camera work, if you weren't playing the, uh, you know, like lead in the, in your stuff? Oh, no, 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 man, because we all have our own psychologies. We all have our inherent ebbs and flows. And, um, you know, with my, sometimes some of my projects, my projects stretch out, my thinking digresses and, and, and consequently the projects digress. And, you know, I need to have one lead character and, you know, that's going to stay with it and that's going to be me, you know. I mean, I'm putting myself through my own trials and tribulations and it's, I don't have any right to put somebody else through all that stuff. They begin to freak out, man. So that's why I play the lead. Mm-hmm. And plus, I mean, come on, man. There's like 300 million people in this country. I mean, there's millions of people conceivably who could direct films and they, they could be the director and they could get somebody else to act in it. You know, so I mean... The, the scenarios you've proposed, we can have enacted out by other people, 
And my particular scenario is essentially going to be me and a film or two because I got control of me, man. I know where I am 24 hours a day. Right. You're the one person you can always count on. Exactly. Well, I hope so. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I got to say do things to get it together, man. <laughs> uh, did you have a question from the board, John? I know we had a couple. I don't know if I uh, sent them up to you enough. Mm, no, you actually didn't. Where? Uh, Rickard's mustache, you want to know, uh, what's Ken Keen up to these days? Oh, excellent, excellent, excellent. And here's the answer. Ask that again. Uh, what's Ken Keen up to these days? Uh, Ken Keen sitting here watching the Brewers losing by two runs in the bottom of the eighth inning at Wrigley Field. It's depressing. <laughs> so it's shaking. Is he with us? Oh, uh, you're talking to him. Oh, okay. Oh, man. You know, I, yeah. I think I think the accent threw me off. I thought it was the same guy. <laughs> so, so uh, who am I speaking to? Uh, we got Neil here, John, and Troy, and without your head. Okay, excellent. So, uh, so you joined the Brewers game? I guess not if you're losing. Well, it's just yeah, it's just uh, the bottom of the eighth inning of uh, the Red Wrigley Field, and uh, down by two runs, which is not you know impossible to overcome. But again, down by two. Possibly more if they don't if they give up any more runs in the eighth, they'll be down by at least two in the ninth. So we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you were at the Cove Enigma, right? Yes. Yeah. Did you uh, did you think it went went well? Oh, absolutely. Uh, the uh, again, Chris Fortune and myself were uh, cooked the uh, the pork ass and the uh, uh, grilled uh, vegetables and stuff like that, um, and so the food went over well. And That's uh, yeah, close. I think people had a great time. Was it was it was it all vegetarian the uh, the, the barbecue? Oh no 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 no! Oh, okay. uh, Let's no, say that no, would be my pork, pork ass, dude. Slow cooked for <laughs> seven hours, pork ass. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I like to call it pork ass because you know, pork, Boston shoulder butt pork ass. Pork ass sounds more fun. Yeah. So, um, so basically that's uh, what occurred. Yeah, I think overall went really well. It's pr- it was pretty much a packed house. Um, People had fun. It was a diverse, uh, fairly diverse entertainment there. Um, so I've been doing quite a few events in the last four years that uh, uh, I would have like maybe three to four diverse bands. Chris Fortune and myself cooking like beef briskets or whole chickens or pork ass, stuff like that. Um, uh, belly dancers, fire spinners, magicians working the crowd, stuff like that. All right, cool. Um, has uh, Mark finished uh, Scare Me? No, we'll be finishing that in fall. Well, uh, what have you done, like uh, you know, to help him out with that? What have you have you been uh, acting in it or working? Yeah, on it? yeah, acting uh, uh, associate producer on this one. Um, pretty much whatever I can do, you know, to get it done. We're waiting for the uh, uh, leaves to fall and no snow, so there's probably a, a narrow two three week opportunity, most likely there. To uh, wrap it up with exteriors. Uh, have you have you ever gone to uh, film school or anything? No, I, I took uh, one semester of film at UWM, and Chris Smith and Sarah Price were my instructors. So what's uh, Mark up to now? Is he watching the game? Uh, Mark has uh, got his nose in a book. <laughs> <laughs> we lost him already. Yeah. Oh, he's yeah. Oh man, we bored him that quickly. That's a record for us. Right. I think so. <laughs> So uh, what do you, what are you guys doing this? So this is um this is online. Uh right. what are, what are your hopes and dreams with this uh website? 
Well, we've, uh, hope, well, we hope, uh, people enjoy the show, primarily. <laughs> I would, you said, I uh, hope the people, what people? Uh, you know, people that listen to the show. Uh, how do you get people to listen to the show? Well, they, you know, they come to the website and they check it out. Mm-hmm. I go, I'm gonna go around the wet, all over the, all the internet and plug, plug it. Okay. Um, so what, what is your, what do you generally do? Just like interview stuff or? Yeah, we interview, we talked about, uh, you know, new mo- horror movies are coming out, uh, old horror movies that are out. Take questions, we could take call-ins, just, uh, pretty much try to have fun with the show. So are you, are you guys right now live on camera? Uh, not on camera. I don't okay, think anyone would watch you. that. But, <laughs> yeah, <I'll be> <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it's just, it's just, uh, uh, I'd have to, I'd have to wear, I'd have to get dressed if we were. Okay. So this is strictly radio. Right. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Uh, I know quite a few people that are attempting to do the. I may even do it sometime. I'm working like ten different projects right now, but sometime next year I'm gonna break off and uh, uh, do do some type of uh, live uh, internet stuff. I think that's where things are heading. You know, um, live broadcasts and things. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've got a you know an indie uh, film director on our. Uh, on our message board. Okay. I don't know if you've heard of uh, Scott Goldberg. He's actually in horror business too that they're making right now. Okay. I don't know if you've ever seen any of his stuff, but he, you know, when he does his stuff, he puts it out, you know, online for okay. people to download. Okay. You think that would be like uh, a way, like, you think uh, like movies, like it, people make indie movies, you think that's like the direction it's going to go? Like, I, just, I think the direction that things are going is just live entertainment, period. You know, people are doing, where does that, uh, I, I, I was, oh, I've been traveling quite a bit lately, working on a, a friend of mine's film project and, uh, get in late at night and there's this, um, what's it called? It's on this, uh, showtime, something after dark. And it's a bunch of like, uh, pretty boy, pretty girl, moronic people, right. uh, with 50 cameras or whatever rolling. And it's really just, it, it's, it's, you watch it for about like four minutes and then you're about to snap. You know, because it's just mm. so horrible. The, the characters are not entertaining at all. The whole format's not entertaining. But mm. the concept uh, is there with doing live broadcasts. Like uh, uh, last year, you know about the uh, uh, Halloween thing that was that Mark did last year? Um, mm-hmm. uh, where, uh, uh, the, uh, yeah, I know what you're saying. The, um, with no, um, Night Comedy Dead. Central. I think oh, okay. Comedy Central or, or no, it was G4, excuse me, it was G4. The came out and they did, uh, right, they did a, a three hour, um, uh, screening of, um, Night of Living Dead and cutting in and out of live, live scripted stuff. And I saw, I think that's where that is, you know, mm-hmm. uh, doing live stuff. They're working on a, um, a film project called Cooking with Ken the last four years. I'm going to wrap that up, uh, this next summer. Edit it and uh, put it into the uh, Enter the Sundance Film Festival. It was originally uh, intended for a series for like MTV, but I'm going to do either a, um, a mini series, like eight hours long or whatever, which is going to be like a two hour feature narrative slash documentary. But uh, like something like Cooking with Ken would work well um, uh, doing a live broadcast just because of the array of entertaining people I know and, and just the, the vision of what I'm doing with it. Do you think they'll ever put that like on DVD? That whole uh, that whole show that they did, the Night of Living Dead show. Um, was it? I'm not quite sure. Um, I don't, I don't think it's marketable enough to do that. I'd enjoy it anyway. I'd watch it. 
Well, you sure, can... but but I mean, again, there's just you know, there's there's a lot of people that don't even know what an American movie is, you know, right. unless you're a hardcore. And plus, that was seven years ago. Unless you're a hardcore movie buff, um, you know, you may have not have heard of it. Mm-hmm. What you do know, you think so. about, you know, just the fact that Night of Living Dead, you know, it's public domain and uh, people can just, like, alter it and add, add scenes to it and you well, change the music? Yeah, whatever. They can do what they want. I won't be watching it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it doesn't really matter to me. Yeah. You know, I'll throw in the original. Actually, I just watched Dawn of the Dead for the first time in a few years, about a month ago. The original yeah. one? Oh, of course. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, I, I, I went through the pain and the horror of... <laughs> Just on principle, like, well, with these guys, they like to go to the premiere or some of the stuff. And even <laughs> Land of the Dead, I was just, I almost walked out. It was just, it was, it was so bad of a film. Um, not that I had great expectations, but. Yeah. Um, yeah I don't, did you see Land of the Dead? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. John actually, I think he enjoyed it. I, I actually think Troy enjoyed it too. I'm I not did. a fan. I, I really, did. especially the ending. I just thought that was almost like yeah. It just I thought it was completely horrible. I mean, it just it just doesn't match up to you know Night of Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, even Day of the Dead mm-hmm. um, was I, pretty good. Yeah, I think Day of the Dead is better if you um, you know when I was when I was younger when it first came out and stuff I like wasn't a fan of it. You guys mm-hmm. probably expecting like another Dawn of the Dead, sure. but uh, you know when I watch it when I'm older now. Um, I still don't think it's uh, it's up there with Dawn of the Dead or anything, but I do think it's a better movie than than I thought it was at the time. Sure, yeah, I, I agree with that. Same same opinion here. But uh, Land of the Dead, I'll say till the day I die, I thought it sucked. <laughs> um, horrible film. Uh, we'll never watch it again. Um, you know, and just like a lot of these uh, remake stuff, I, I think is um, a lot of remakes coming out. Oh yeah. And, oh, and yeah. Um, you know, they make money. You know, that's fine, but. I'm not going to go to see any of them, you know. Uh, Mark and these guys like to go to the premieres of them, stuff like that. But I, I don't know. I think it's just a waste of my time. There's so many other good films I could just even rent or go see a Hitchcock film at, you know, um, a local uh, independent film, uh, theater and mm-hmm. uh, enjoy that a lot more. So you're not going to go see Halloween tomorrow then, I take it? Uh, no. No. <laughs> no, I'm probably... No, I'm not going to do that. Well, what do you kind think... Of, do you think, like... Just remakes in general are bad. I mean, there's been good remakes, but I mean, it's kind of out of hand now. They remake everything. Do you think there's like a cutoff point, like if a movie's like, um, you know, if it's already a classic, why remake it? Or if it's not, well, really that they, old? they 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 remake it because it makes money. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the bottom line. And they can hire someone to like on the cheap, like to, to maybe re-script it a little bit. You can get a a director, a no-name director, to work for for cheap. And if the film sucks, who cares? Because they made the film for $8 million. It's going to make more than $8 million. You know? So, you know, uh, that's just... With filmmaking in general, you can you can make a film for uh, $15 million, uh, give uh, Jim Carrey 10 of it, and it's going to make money. The film could suck. It doesn't matter. The film, if it's made for only $15 million, it will make money. It's, it's impossible not to make money. So when you you could have someone that okay I'll I'll um, let you buy my screenplay for twenty thousand dollars and you hire a Taco Bell uh, commercial director pay him twenty grand well that's now you're at forty grand you know you could make a film for you know a million or two million dollars and uh, um, it's theoretically impossible to not make money if there's a if there's a name attached to it so yeah. that's the bottom line. 
I, I kind of think with the Halloween thing, if like H2O didn't come out like a few years ago, because that kind of right. pretty much, you know, it's not really a remake, but it, you know, brought life again to, uh, you know, to the original story. Mm-hmm. If that didn't come out, I can kind of see a, a remake. It's still, you know, remaking the classic, but sure. with that just coming out, it's, it's almost, you know, the, the, uh, the franchise was already like, uh, brought back. I don't see why you'd go back again and, and remake mm-hmm. the original movie. See, now one film I would personally like to rewrite and direct would be Halloween Three Season of the Witch. I, I thought that the okay. original concept, but that could have been one of the greatest horror films of all time. Yeah. But you, uh, you know, you have a, a, for the most part, bad screenplay, bad, bad, uh, very bad actors, very bad actors, yeah. and uh, it wasn't directed too well either. So, but the original concept was great, I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, Eight more days to Halloween? Uh, Halloween Three Season of the Witch? Yeah, I was just doing, I was going to sing the little, uh, little, uh, the little uh, song there, Eight More Days to Halloween. <laughs> Halloween. Right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Silver. Right. I think. I really think that movie's hurt by the fact that it is Halloween three. Yeah. If it, if it was just season of the witch, you know, and it had no, uh, you know, it wasn't a sequel to uh, yeah, it's just a standalone. Yeah, because people yeah. Well, expect. Yeah. It, well, to me, it was a standalone because it had nothing to do with Michael Myers. Right. Mm-hmm. But um, I think people going in would expect it, you know, to be about Michael Myers. But again, to me, it didn't really matter because the film wasn't wasn't very good at all. I mean, it could have been because of the again the original concept I thought was ingenious in my opinion. Yeah. But then you know the the rest of the script kind of was like mm, okay, um, and again bad actors and and um, so. Yeah, I've actually heard someone say once because you used to mention about remaking that because it, it could have been good. You know, instead of remaking a great film that's already that's already right. great to remake, you know, a, a flawed Absolutely. movie. So you can, you know, you, you might have something yeah. good in there, but remake yeah, it and, improve and, and, yeah, improve it. There's a lot of films that, in my opinion, went that way. Where the original concept was good. Maybe, you know, 10 minutes of it was well-written, and then they just kind of went off into a different direction and and wrecked it. So, yeah, I think remake, remaking um, essentially bad films and making them better um, it wouldn't be a, a bad idea. But again, the reason why people remake films is because they make money, period. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they could, they could absolutely, you know, suck and they'll still make money. Yeah, so they're not going on. Because there's off. names attached to it, whether it's a director, producer, an actor. Um, you have names that are attached and again, it's theoretically impossible not to make money for a film that's made for under $10 million. It's impossible. What are your opinions on that movie, John? Oh, I, I kind of pretty much, uh, I enjoyed the film. I thought if it wasn't, uh, named Halloween 3, I thought it would have done, like, better on its own. But, I don't know. <laughs> Ken Keen's a fan of, uh, melting kids' heads with a mask. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Man, there's nothing better in your spare time, you know. That, do you guys, like, uh, go all for Halloween itself? Like, um, you know, uh, celebrating the holiday? Yeah, it, it depends. I haven't went to a good Halloween house party probably in about uh, four or five years, so I'm kind of looking towards to do that this year. Hey, Mark, we have to track down a really good house Halloween party. Because when was the last one we went to? That was maybe that patent medicine had. That was probably the last good house party I went to. Um, what books are you reading anyway? What, excuse me? What book is he reading? Oh, I don't know. What do you read, Mark? Or, um, 
Levon Helms. Oh, from the band? Cool. Yep. Uh. All right, Brew Crew. No, it's all right. Now we're talking. I get excited. <laughs> I'm a sports fanatic, by the way. Not just Brewers, Packers, Bucks, but I just, in general, I, I follow all teams. Right. Whether I like them or dislike them. <laughs> um, local local uh, sports teams first, but, uh, you know, I pretty much know all, all the players and all the teams and what's shaking, what's cracking. So what was, it, on. was it like when you saw Mark in the uh, commercial there at the Super Bowl? Then? Ooh. That was, that was fun. I was drunk at that time. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Ricky's got it going on now. Once they set him down, he came back up. He's over 500 base, on base percentage if he's been back up. Yep. You get, you get the monkey running on the bases, man. He, mm, speed kills in all sports. <laughs> yep. Uh, are there any, like, uh, new horror movies coming out that you would be interested in? Because, uh, you know, this week's Halloween, which is thought about, and I think next week is Hatchet, which has a lot of, uh, has a lot of, like, uh, people talking about it. I've been on the road for the last three weeks on a, a buddy of mine's uh, documentary film, working 14, 18 hour days, and I, I catch the brewer score when I get to the hotel and I pass out, and that's it. So I don't even know about what, what, what film's coming out. Hatchet. Yeah, yeah, you do it. All right. Well, Hatchet comes out next week. Uh, we've been talking about it. it. Looks like a pretty cool movie. Okay. Yeah. How yeah, many I, I'm, I like the horror genre. I mean, that's where. Where I get the most humor, um, I, have a, I think I have a, a very wide sense of humor. But uh, comedy's a tough nut to crack, and I, I like it comedy best in horror films. I think it mixes well. Mm-hmm. Do you think it can ever kind of uh, have too much comedy and kind of set off like it, it doesn't mix well? I think like a perfect example of like mixing comedy with uh, horror would be like uh, American Werewolf in London. Absolutely, even Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, Dawn mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, Five is a good one too for that. Right. Yes, yeah, so I think I think that's what they lost a lot in the remake of the Dawn of the Dead was all the mm-hmm. humor in it, right. kind of social satire of it. Absolutely. Plus, you know, zombies are running. So, um, so what, how long have you guys been on online? Oh, about half hour here. No, I mean like in general, like a month, two months, a year. Oh, how long you with this show? Yeah. Uh, I guess it's about been about a year. Okay. I think our first show was a few years ago. Yeah. Okay, cool. We don't always talk about it here, but we also do a, another show. It's uh, InYourHeadOnline.com where we interview uh, pro wrestlers. That's been on about three years. <laughs> All right, fellas, I'm going to cut you off because the, the Brewers have no outs. They're running on first and second. They're down by two in the ninth. And uh, I'm going to turn you back over to Mark. It was pleasant talking to you guys. It's all, all right, very exciting. And I'm sure we'll be talking again soon. All right. Enjoy the uh, the baseball game. Cool. Thanks, buddy. Yep. Excellent, excellent, excellent. <laughs> we, we were confused there. We weren't sure. Uh, is it? You would, would have had a caller, an emailer, to ask what distinctly, what <laughs> is Ken Keen up to? It just so happened he's sitting right there. Yeah, <laughs> we were pretty good. That was pretty good. Yeah, it's almost like he was in another room and like uh, was typing. He that was. Up. I was in reading in the dining room. He was in the living room. <laughs> I meant to ask the question. Yeah, I thought maybe he just typed it up so he could get <laughs> on the interview with us. You still there, John? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. All right. Well, we asked him a little bit about, like, uh, you know, um, like remakes and whatnot. What do you think about the remake of a Halloween? Ah, uh, you know what? And I'm not trying to be funny here, but I'm, can I be honest? 
Referring to the remake of Halloween, I haven't seen that one yet. I'm going to go tomorrow, though. Okay, who is this? Dan. Oh, man, how's it going? Good, good, and yourself? I'm good, thanks. Yep. So you're going to go see your... So you, we go ask one guy, and he's he's not going to go see it, but you're going to go see it tomorrow? I think so. I think I will, yes. Yeah, I'm... Just out of curiosity, I think it'll be highly entertaining, if nothing else. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm definitely interested in seeing it. What do you think about, like, the other Rob Zombie uh, films? Right, right. I think it, I think it's just to make it a little more action packed, you know. Yeah, I mean, uh, you can say what you want about like the Rob Zombie movies. Some people like them, some people don't like them. But I, I definitely can't. You can't say like they're boring or not well made. Right, right, exactly. And I think, I think the new Halloween will be at least that. Mm-hmm. So. Well, so, and I'm looking forward to see what they do with like uh, you know him as a kid because that's going to be like a big part of the of the new movie. Right, you don't right, really see in the first. Yeah, kind of a prequel, kind of a reimagining of the original with a prequel added, right? Right. Yeah, because yeah, well, yeah, because you know the first one you just see it real, you basic, you know, you see him killing his uh, his sister, and then right. you don't see him again until you know he's grown up. But you're gonna see all all that that leads up to you know him becoming an adult. Right, right, and that's gonna be the interesting part, I guess. It could be. I mean, that depends on how well it's done, I guess. It's yeah, good. it sounds interesting to me. Right, right. That's why I'm, I'm going to get this, you know, check it out. I mean, I almost have to just for the kick, you know, be at least highly entertaining for the place. You know? mm-hmm. And uh, what about? Oh yeah, We're, I, we definitely all have to see it. What about a uh, Hatchet? That's a movie Hatchet? that comes out next week. It's not a remake, but uh, it's another horror movie that's got mm-hmm. like a pretty good buzz about it. Like yeah, Kane oh, Hodder, isn't it? Yeah, I haven't heard nothing on that one. I don't even know anything about that one. Oh really? Uh, it's, no. Oh, okay. Well, check that one out too. It comes out next week. Oh, okay. So they're not coming out. They should come out this weekend and go against Halloween. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I thought they probably should, like, spread them out because, you know, I don't think it's good to kind of, like, compete against each other. Right, right, right. Yeah. Plus, you're only a month away from Halloween. I don't know why they just didn't wait and put Halloween out, you know, the yeah, week of Halloween itself. Uh, week before. Because well, they'll go against Saw then, right? Oh, that's Saw right, four? Saw 4. Right, because that's come out, like, a week or a few days before Halloween. Mm-hmm. So we don't want to go against that, that's why. Yeah. Saw's been pretty successful even during their pre you know, sequels, haven't it? it? Yeah, well, yeah, definitely saw one, two and three were pretty big. Yeah, yeah, and they seem to be doing pretty well even in the sequel land, so mm-hmm. Yeah, even though the uh, the main guy's dead, he died in part three. Yeah. Uh, I hope there's I hope no one I didn't spoil the movie for anybody else. <laughs> oh, you just killed it for me. <laughs> right. Oh, have you seen oh you haven't you haven't seen anything on Saw Four yet, have you? No, but I kind of uh realized Watch. I remember before I saw Saw Three, people were like, "Well, they can't make another one." But yeah. after you watch, you can pretty much see where they're going to go. He's just right, going to be exactly. basically all all on tape. Right, right, right. Yeah, exactly. I don't yeah. know if they could make a part five. Right, right. Unless he's still on tape. Oh, bring him back from the dead. <laughs> yeah, he's made a lot of tapes. <laughs> well, that could be the bringing him back. You know, from the dead could be a workable. You know. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they say either that or they have some twisted angle on how he's still alive or something, or that was some, you know, his, uh, you know, that was his uh, twin brother that was sick or something and died or whatever. Right, and they can send him off into space like uh, Jason X. Jason X, yeah, yeah, that was actually entertaining. I thought, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's different. Yeah, 
you run yeah, out of things for a character to do, he blasts into space. Yeah, he's already taken Manhattan. Now let's just blast him up into space. Yeah. Hey, they did that with the Leprechaun, too, didn't they? Yeah, Leprechaun in the Hood. I think you think probably Leprechaun in the Hood was probably like the best one of the series. I loved Leprechaun in the Hood. I love that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think they actually yeah. even made a sequel for that one. Yeah, you think so? I think they did. Oh, okay, Leprechaun in the Hood too, right? Yeah. I think they did have that. Or Back to the Hood, Leprechaun Back to the Hood. That's it, right. Yeah, that's what they could do with some of these guys. Instead of setting them off into space, they can put them in the hood, get Leatherface in the hood. Right, uh-huh. right, right. Just try yeah, different, exactly. yeah, different areas with the guys, you know? <laughs> yeah. If you could... Up to like Amish country or something. Or... <laughs> If you could do like your own leprechaun film, what where do you think you would place him at? Me? Yeah. yeah. Oh, leprechaun, I don't know, leprechaun and um hmm. Perhaps well, a, I don't know. <laughs> perhaps yeah. a period piece or something. I don't know. I think the leprechaun in space pretty much or the you know, leprechaun in the hood, I mean they pretty much narrowed it down, right? Yeah. They can send him back in time. Or what about leprechaun in the nudist? <laughs> I like that. You know, I don't know if we blended well. That that would be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think once you once you throw someone into space and they start doing the time travel, it's it's pretty hard to just bring them back to uh, to reality. <laughs> right, right. Reality, exactly. Right. I mean, somehow they got to fall out of space back into you know back into the atmosphere, right? Mm-hmm. So. so this is Dan. Uh, what exactly uh, do you do with uh, with Mark? Like on his films, so you just. Oh, I've known Mark for like I don't know, well over like twenty years. Mm-hmm. Well, almost yeah, probably twenty. Well, almost thirty, almost thirty years I've known Mark. So uh, I've known him. Has he you ever know? drug you through the mud? <laughs> so what? Has he ever like drug you through mud or anything like that? No, no, I haven't gotten. I, I've been in one of his films like when I, when I was real little, real young. I mean, I was in his films, but not since. I mean, I wasn't like in uh Colvin or anything because I had like a day job and stuff. Mm. You know, so he did a lot of shooting during the day and you know various times. Have you helped him at all? Like, uh, you know, like off camera? Like uh, done anything on his any work on his films? You know, not necessarily like an actor. I mean, I, I've probably been at you know sets and stuff. I don't know how much if I helped or not. You know, I mean, I've just been at certain couple sets and that basically. Maybe more as an you know just an observer than a you know helper. Right. He usually has pretty many people willing to help, so there's really no shortage there. Mm-hmm. So, so um, besides the horror movies, anything else coming out uh, soon you'd like to go see? Oh, I'm not certain. Um, He's just more of a horror movie man. Right, right, basically. Yeah, I'm not really too familiar with what's coming out in Hollywood today. I don't really pay too much attention to it. Mm-hmm. I think Mark's in a Cabin Fever, too. Cabin Fever too, yeah. I've never even seen the first one, so I can. You know. <laughs> You're not missing out. <laughs> no. Oh, it's not good. No, I didn't like it. But I'm sure two will be a part. Will be a lot better, especially because of the Herman character. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> That's good. If it, you know, if it gets better, I mean, it had to be halfway decent the first time around. They're making a sequel. Yeah, you know. yeah. I mean, it was, yeah. it was a big hit. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, there's a really bizarre scene in there with with the kid. What does he yell, John? Pancakes. Pancakes, right? And this have a, that's a, probably the most random scene I've ever seen. And yeah, then he starts doing some kung yeah. fu for the everybody. So. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about talking about movie remakes, 
Don't you think uh, Microwave Massacre should be remade? <laughs> Microwave yeah. Massacre? I don't think I've ever seen this one. No, oh, that, that's a classic. you got to see it. That's a classic. <laughs> uh, I'll have to, do you think they'd rent it at my local video store? Or? You probably have to go to Netflix to get that one. All right. Yeah, I'm a big yeah. Netflix fan, actually. Microwave Massacre is a um, classic. Frankenhooker, have you ever seen that one? Yes, I have oh, yeah, seen Frankenhooker. Frankenhooker is good. It'd be hard uh, to improve on that one, though, if you if you remade that. Frank and Hooker's pretty good. Right, right, yeah, I think so. I, I think so. I just actually like picked that one up used at a DVD store. <laughs> it was worth it. They just put out uh, the Dark Backward on DVD. I don't know if you ever sure. seen that movie, but that's uh, like a it's like one of my favorite movies. It's really bizarre. Which one? The Dark Backward. Oh, okay. No, I'm not familiar with that one. And it's about a guy who grows a third arm and becomes a stand-up comedian. Oh, okay, wow. Okay. Which, you know, of course makes perfect sense. <laughs> oh, right, right, What right. else would you do if you grew a third arm out of your back? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so everybody can pick that up on DVD. Yeah, the dark, what's it called again? The Dark Backward. The Dark Backward. Is that a, what, what, that's probably something you got to go to like eBay or Amazon to get, right? It, they just actually put out a, 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 like a, a special edition of it on DVD. Oh, really? Yeah. I was like, that's really weird because it's, you know, it's not a very well-known movie. It actually has some pretty big stars. It's got, like, Judd Nelson and James Caan and Bill Paxton. Oh, okay. Wow, wow. Yeah, okay. but it's just it's, it's just really bizarre. Uh, I think it was, like, made in the early 90s, but they just now put it out on DVD. Oh, yeah, Judd okay. Judd Nelson's the person that grows the third arm, right? Right. Yeah. Wow. I think Ooh. that's I think that's just all you need to know. Judd Nelson has the third arm. I don't think there's a, <laughs> right. and he's a stand up comedian. <laughs> right. There's no other reason you know. That's the reason yeah. alone to see it. Yeah. So what's uh what's Mark doing now? Is he still, is he back to reading his book? I don't know. Should I go look? Yeah, I guess we'll get him back to your own. Let me take a look. Yeah, what, right. what he's doing. Just a second here he is. Excellent, excellent, man. Let's talk. <laughs> all right. Yeah, we just we no, the reason being is because you asked me about the remake of Halloween. Well, who better to answer that than Dan Laughlin? He's into it. He's been prodding me to go see it tomorrow night at North Shore. So I wanted to give you the person that was going to give you give the most amount of reasonable response. Right. I understand. Excellent. Yeah. Every time we ask a question, you got you've got an expert right there waiting to answer. What can you, you have do? A whole panel there. <laughs> We covered we covered a lot of ground with him. Well, we went over the dark backward. I don't know if you're familiar with that movie. I'm no. Oh, okay. How about Hatchet? Neither of the last two guys knew about Hatchet, which comes out next week. Yeah, somebody somebody asked me that. I I I horror. What is horror? Horror is at the end of the rainbow, realizing you've lived a life unlived. That would be true horror. Mm-hmm. You get a question from the uh, board there, John. Uh, actually, yes, I do. Uh, we have a question here. One person wants to know, uh, what was it like being a character in the, on The Family Guy? Um, you know, you always get an email or a call to be in something. And we recorded the voices in Milwaukee in the Third Ward on a sunny day in May. And that winter or so it came out. I saw the only time that people actually in my living room watching a TV show, it would, uh, it was great. It was different. It was great. And that, that was the experience. I wasn't sure if we were going to be in it or not. Um, and it happened. What was it about uh, black and white, uh, making the movie in black and white, Cove, and 
that like uh, uh well, it, 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 black and white? Well, I can say two. Uh, let's see, Charles Burnett's Killer of Sheep. That had an amazing impact on me. I, it was everything I wanted. It was everything I was about. And on the other side of it was Night of the Living Dead. Saw it on 16 millimeter at mm-hmm. the um, at the library, man, back in uh, '80. It was just a fantastic experience. But those two films, you know, had their had a huge impact on me. Mm-hmm. Fundamental impact, man. Uh, 16 millimeter black and white. I know that uh, Night of the Living Dead was actually 35. Um, shot at 35, but um, but it's you know it was a black and white film, and I mean it, it just mm-hmm. has a it's just great, beautiful, haunting, uh, dreamlike imagery, you know, mm-hmm. right. very grainy, very beautiful. Well, not doesn't have to be grainy; it can be a fine grain too. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful what? image, man. Yeah. Well, actually, our whole website. I say our, our whole website's done in black and white. Oh well, that you're avant-garde, man. <laughs> um, you know, color can be jarring. Uh, it can be very obscene because film is art, film is work, and mm. in black and white, we see more in, uh, geometric and symmetrical terms. We're looking at lines, we're looking at shapes and so forth. And with color, we're looking at color, and those colors in our lives, man, is a complete, I'm, um, Dan, Dan Lawson's kitchen, we got a blue Tostitos bag, a red Tide container, a green Cascade, Box, yellow bananas, a gray radio, black knives, brown holder, silver trash can, red dawn liquid detergent. It's endless. It's 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 a symphony symphony of discordancy. Mm-hmm. It would drive a viewer mad. <laughs> <laughs> so there's reasons for black and white. It's beauty. Mm-hmm. What's uh, your opinions on everything going digital now? Well, for, <laughs> oh my God, that's, that's the, the cliche of all cliches. Um, I remember that. Somebody said, man, when those, they said, well, these dudes would come up and say, oh my God, the film versus digital. And this real filmmaker pulled me aside and said, those guys that ask that question doesn't matter. They'll never make a film anyway. Um, it's, it's, it's like, you know, horse and buggy, steam train, uh, the railroad system. Uh, Amtrak, uh, now 50, in 1957 we had the 707 come out. 69 we had the Concorde come out. You know, now we got this other huge transport. It's, it's, it's evolution, evolution, evolution. Film's been around essentially since let's say 1895. Uh, what did Edison had is, uh, Black Maria studio out in New Jersey would spin with the, uh, the sun. It was all film. It's film and then, you know, you went out as we continued to explore, we went out west. The uh, filmmakers went out west, had trouble with the East Coast boys. They'd come and try to break up the filming on the West Coast. We had sound introduced, let's say around 27 or so. And then let's just say a, a landmark would be the jazz singer. That's kind of the way we can pinpoint it a little bit. Oh, my God, it'll <laughs> never last, this sound stuff. And then color you know mm. that was just for very rare occasions gone with the wind wizard of oz so forth but now we have sound and color now we're in electronic age man film is very beautiful film is very expensive no one is going to shoot on film it's, yes some people are you know and um it's just evolution i get to sleep at night i, I it's it's with digital 24p dude it looks uh it's cinema, dude. It's cinema. And I shoot it. You want to pay for 35? I'll shoot it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Pay for black and white 16 millimeter? I'll shoot it. 
you, you know. Think, you think it helps out, you know, people, uh, somebody like you wants to, uh, you know, does have a lot of money behind him to uh, go out there and uh, film his own stuff? Oh, I, I don't I don't give a damn because anybody who wants to do anything can do it. I mean, if I wanted to shoot on color 70 millimeter, I could. I'd define the right. way. You know, uh, it's it's what's, what's your motivation, man? You know, now I can, I've, I've shot in abundance because of digital 24p, beautiful imagery, provocative imagery, thanks to that new evolution in the medium. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think that's something you have to do to, uh, like, keep on top of it, you know, all the new innovations that come out? There are no new innovations. It's, uh, 24p came out. It takes about an hour to learn how to turn on the camera, white balance, so on and so forth. Put the tape in. Bam, you're done. What the hell is there to keep up with? Yeah, I mean, if you if you got some schizophrenic problem where you got to <laughs> maniacally keep up with things, yeah, you're in for it then because of you know the turnover of information, man. It's it's pretty exponential. Uh, earlier, we talked to one of your friends there about the uh, Night of the Living Dead uh, live mm-hmm. from Milwaukee. Uh, who's yeah. like? How did that like come about? Who's like? Oh, it was, a, it was a trip, man. Again, you know that uh, they get a hold of you. It's all via the documentary, all the energy. It's like somebody threw a rock in the pond. You have that ripple effect. And, you know, oh, yeah, you know. And uh, so they call. It was a cold night. I think I wore long thermal underwear, thick socks, and yet the chill crept through me. There was a thrill of doing the live, you know, speaking, you know, for live TV. It's a daunting mm-hmm. task. Someone had to do it. I remember the frantic looks on some of the producers' faces as they were uh uh, Dylan-esquely uh, moving those big poster cards around. Uh, some people get what I just said, and uh, <laughs> so that that was incredible, man. Just that, just the uh, human interplay, man. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think like that'll ever come out, like uh, like on a DVD or anything? Oh, see, that's cool. You have to look up G4's number on the internet and call them. All right, I'll call them. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. Um, I, I have no clue. I mean. You know, it was great. I remember being in the trailer. We were working on some storyboard or something like that. And and I remember that a lot of the extras came in. They were hammered. They were drunk. <laughs> um, it was a cold night. And a lot of my friends, actually, some of my friends showed up. There's different realms of friends, like from different eras, this, that, the other thing. And I'd have to draw a chronological chart, you know, to see if some faded off, some stayed, who believed in, who's into this, you know, and. Uh, all of that stuff, but I remember, you know, getting picked up by a car in the morning, doing local media stuff, maybe like on the TV, and uh, all of that stuff. And 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 so those are memories. So you kind of want to, if you're working out, you have to continue to do push-ups and sit-ups. You have to continue to eat vitamins. We all eat each day in order to survive. So there's this con- it's kind of like a one-time experience. Oh, I remember when I ate once. Right. So we must continue these experiences if this is the psychic nutrition that we need. Now, you know, when you guys did that, you guys didn't, like, actually alter the movie or anything, so that was cool. But what do you think about, you know, people that actually uh, take Night of the Living Dead and, you know, alter it or put in different music or just well, add their I, own dude, I, 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 I don't, It's a free country. Do whatever you want. It doesn't, it's like, it's like, listen, oh, my God, that's offensive. On button, you switch it counterclockwise, and it goes, you hear the click, and it goes off. Well, I mean, it depends how old your TV set is. Now you just hit the remote. Right. I mean, I don't, well, why? I mean, if you do don't I, like you know, it, just don't watch like, it. There's like 300 million of us. Do I? I can't do this. think around what color socks all 300 million people are wearing. You know, it just doesn't enter my realm. 
But yeah, what they do with it, I I wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know what I like. I knew how important that was. I knew how important Texas Chainsaw Massacre was, and I knew that decades ago. And now it's being proved that the zombie thing has entered our culture. Texas Chainsaw Massacre has been in perpetual homage for the last 30 years, and it's only increasing. That all, all of these films are based on the Texas Chainsaw, the imagery and the uh, uh, feeling of the Texas Chainsaw. It's, it's mm-hmm. we're in a perpetual homage to it now. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. knew that. I, I can, but I'm not going to sit around and reveal. I've got a, you know, maybe throughout the years working on a, a minor treatise on a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Some of its uh, psychological and cultural implications, and um, you know, which I noticed, which no one else talks about, but which are very apparent uh, with the sun and with the news, and I mean, just being vague about it. It, it, it is it's explosive, man, and it's, and it's insight possibly. I know John always says here on the show that uh, Rob Zombie's first movie, House of a Thousand Corpses, he always feels it's just basically his remake of uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, the dude's living his life. I mean, he was a rock star. Now he's a prominent film director. He, you know, he's he's a good film director. I mean, mm-hmm. so he is he is using God's gift, his connectivity to life to the max, man. The dude is in a perpetual prayer to life, man, and uh, being very thankful for it. Mm-hmm. I'll let everybody know you're going to be at the uh, It Came From Lake Michigan Film Festival. It's going to be October 25th to the 28th. Yeah, Let's dude, check- that's, that's going to be a blast, dude, because it's in it's right where I live in Milwaukee. Yeah. So, man, I just get in my car or get a ride down there or whatever, man, and and go hang out, man, and, and make notes, continue to construct some narratives, um, you know, for my work and, and, and meet people and, See if there's possibly any interesting conversation or some humorous or intellectual happenings, man. So I'm ready for it. Do you have any good like stories that came out of any of these uh, film festivals you've been to? Uh, they're all all it's all humorous and it's all very subtle, and and, and there'd be no laughter on the other end. Um, I'd have to look <laughs> through hundreds and hundreds of pages of, of notes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. you know, I mean, it's it, it's kind of like you had to be there, or you this or that, yeah. man. It's those subtleties that are actually the the diamonds sometimes of our lives. Mm-hmm. Now, you, you keep notes on like basically everything you've done. Yeah, I mean, uh, of what people say, and what I'm trying to do through these this work is make a connection with people and make a connection with myself and make a connection with people. And it takes a lot of note taking, a lot of uh, construction, and uh, we'll get there. We are getting there. It's it's, it's not the product; it's the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you, do you do that? You know, take the notes for yourself, or do you like go back? Do you go back and, and read it, or oh, you ever plan on putting out a, a book or anything? Yep, doing everything you said. Is it is it uh, is it like does it mean something like if someone you know at this convention or just someone came up to you and. Uh, you know, saw like Coven or something and, you know, said that it really connected with them or some, you know, an aspect of that movie was like reminded them of themselves or something. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, I'd have to listen. Um, I'd have to really listen and absorb what they said because I hear so much, so many voices and lots of people just coming at me, coming at me. And, uh, those so are voices to, of people, not just ones in your head. Right. <laughs> Well, it, I hear voices when someone's talking. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> oh, you guys tried to be slick. Oh, man. <laughs> um, but anyway, no, you'd, you'd have to listen and absorb. Mm-hmm. 
you still do uh, like any any of your radio programs? Dude, I've actually um, I'm glad you said that because I'm working on a new one and then and the um, script is good to go. My a couple minor polishes, but it's there. It's already there. So I'm one lucky son of a bitch, man. That that sucker's ready to roll. And I'm looking at uh, getting a uh, portable digital field recorder to record doors, footsteps, thunderstorms, all of that, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone here in the chat room, uh, Rob, Rob G. Scare Me was featured in Horror Business. When is it coming out? What are the updates on that? Oh, excellent, man. It's going to be late uh, 2008. Uh, leaves are going to fall in a couple months. And um, I am so anxious to start shooting because, like I said, Psychological ebbs and flows. When it rains, it pours. When it's dry, it's dry. I've been shooting the sucker for five years, man. It's just like COVID. All of a sudden, dude, I'm filming again, and now is now is the season. So, what what a question to ask, and what an answer to give. Are we happy with horror business? Yeah, extremely. Chris Garantino, the director, was a is a, is a really solid citizen. He's honest. He's he's a human being on creative fire. Uh, Chris is a really good guy. He's really down to earth, man, and he's just a really passionate guy. And I hate to use words that have become cliches in our parlance and our lexicon, like passionate. It has, it means nothing because it's overused. But Chris certainly is passionate, and uh, just a great guy, an inspiration. I admire him, Chris Garantano. You're a great guy. Um, Horror business is, is a great documentary, man, mm-hmm. and what an honor to be in it. Uh, but as for charisma, that you can see in horror business as my star begins to dim, and that dude Ron, his star shines, man, in that you know one of the other dudes in it, among the other film directors, because I I had my time in the sun with my loud mouth, and my and and it just begins to wane, and in horror business you can begin to see me taking a back seat. It's like the, the like the next generation of uh, you know filmmakers coming up in there. Well, not really because I think we're all the same age and oh, really? stuff. Yeah. Oh, okay. But I mean, you know what I'm saying? It was right. just like a, a super novena sense that's just dimming in that I, I had my um, time to expose myself, my time to talk, and I did it in the documentary, and that was all I was. Then after that, I said what I had said, and and. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, see, the reason why I'm talking to you like this is because I had handed the phone initially off to Ken Keene to answer the right. question, and it, it was, it became a long format. Then Dan <laughs> Laughlin, long format, it gave me an opportunity to read. It gave me an opportunity to do something different. So now I'm all speeded up talking to you guys because this is the first time essentially that I'm talking. Yeah, uh, just uh, throw out there that uh, Scott Goldberg is actually going to be uh, featured in the Son of a Horror Business. He's a, a friend of the show. He's been on a few times. Oh, very, very cool. Very cool, cool dude. He's actually on our uh, message board. If anyone wants to check that out, that's withoutyourhead.com. Oh, very cool. Now, one thing he does is he actually puts a lot of his stuff like online. And I, you know, talked to you earlier, and you said you really don't go on, you know, on the computer. And I get it gets it's so bored. I get so bored. I. I don't watch TV. It's just like there's all of this life and thinking to do. I just, you know, I re- I just started reading. I in the last like seven years, man. I mean, as a serious art form, and and I can't I can't deal with TV. The, the computer, the internet is is, is utterly. I just get so bored because 
books, the pages, they burn my hands. They're, they're fire sears so greatly. Who, who, do you enjoy to, to, who do you enjoy reading the most? Oh, oh I don't know, man. I, uh, well, I do know, actually. I, I, um, oh, boy. Uh, I, I don't know. I read about like 40 to 60 books at a time. I'm uh, reading William Styron's Darkness Visible. Um, uh, well, I mean, I, I actually could list billions of titles, man. I'm a huge... Uh, uh, devotee of, uh, Charles Bukowski. Um, I was raised on Hunter Thompson long before he became fashionable. That was like, started reading him like 25 years ago. Um, you know, I, I read an immense amount of nonfiction. I like to understand how, uh, you know, the 1600s, the 1500s coming over here. Um, uh, Bertolucci on Bertolucci, Woody Allen on Woody Allen, Polanski on Polanski. I'm reading, uh, I mean, there's just stacks of them. I'm reading Levon Helm's, Levon Helm and the band, that biography. I'm reading the uh, story of film by Mark Cousin. Um, I don't know, they're stacked. I mean, I can, I just, I'm finishing The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. Um, uh, just, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I've just got stacks of books, hundreds, and it looks to me, uh, so you know, so. Just like not, not one particular genre you read, you just like to read. Oh, I listen to opera, I listen to country, all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, do you think the Terry Gilliam movie, you know, um, Fear Moment in Las Vegas, uh, captured the book? Um, yeah, well, I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 the one great thing about it is the mass culture has embraced, uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, the movie. They're fans of it. And, uh, I don't equate books and films, except for like Deliverance. Man, that's mind blowing. The film is as good as the book. Uh, the book is James Dickey, man. I read his uh, biography, huge biography, very large tome. The world is a lie. It's incredibly detailed, man. Like 1700, very thick pages. Just a, God, this is a great book. James Dickey, you know, he'd be, uh, rafting or canoeing out in Oregon thinking, you know, he, he put it together with an incident coming across a bootlegger's farm, sitting on their porch and thinking, what if something menacing did happen? Nothing did in real life, but that imagination was sparked in he. And he, he, you know, he was a, he was a advertising guy for Coca-Cola in, in Atlanta. You can actually see him in one of the ads, like in the fifties or so. And he would close his door in the office and work on his poetry. And, you know, he went on to write Deliverance and, and, um, it's an amazing, amazing, uh, a work ethic, you know, that these writers and filmmakers and musicians and, and painters have, man, that they have become it's the art of connectivity to oneself, man. If, if you were to write a book, uh, like what would you write? Or what, what would you want to write about? About yourself? About a you know a story? Or oh, I'm I'm I I've, I'm writing tons of stuff. Uh, so I mean, it's not a what if scenario. It's a it is scenario. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's hundreds of pages flying everywhere, man. Uh, what happened to Northeastern? Did you have a Boy, they, somebody just asked me what happened to Southwestern. Now we're doing Northeastern. <laughs> now we're pretty soon we're, we'll be, <laughs> no, it's, it's Northwestern and, um, that's 20 years too late. That should have been done in, 
88. I, I realize now my mistake, and I will incorporate my mistake. I Okay, Northwestern, yes. I, actually, I'm working on that uh, pretty much all the time, and I'm trying to bring it actually to to film, and I'm a little disappointed that uh, we're now in 2007. Mm-hmm. Everything looks, everything looks pretty homogenized, the cars and houses. So I'm gonna, I will have to make it kind of like, uh, I'll have to, I'm, I'm working on figuring it out. Yeah, make it out if that time passes. You know, yeah, but it yeah, yeah. I, I understand that time passes. I'm certainly a, a victim of that. <laughs> I'm well, well aware of it. Right. And, I uh, think we all are. I don't think any and, of us. Uh, I mean, again, I mean, it, it, the, the, the argument, it, it's not. It's, it's something that will have to be dealt with, and it will be dealt with. Did you have you know, it's, yeah. Go it's on. not easy. It's going to take hard work, take sacrifice. Uh, someone here in the chat room here, uh, Mark, uh, he says, uh, Mark Borschatt's a uh, opera lover. Is he a big fan of Richard Wagner? Wagner, um, uh, a.k.a. Apocalypse Now. No, I didn't say I was an opera fan. I said I listened to it. Oh, okay. I said I also, you know, if I go into a hotel room, I'll put on country. If I get paid some money, I'll put on country. <laughs> right. You know, <laughs> if I'm working, man, I put on jazz. I like space music. I want to explore the uh, German space music from the early 70s. Um, you know, we can hear bits of that in, in Herzog's work. Um, no, I'm not an opera lover. I, I happen to, uh, for kicks, just keep it on day after day, maybe in the hotel room, mm-hmm. keep country on day after day. Um, Wagner, sure, German dude, sure, ride at the Valkyries, man, or however it would be pronou- pronounced. Uh, Sebastian here, he wants to know if you read uh, The Rum Diary by Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah, absolutely. Great book, man. Great book. I got it in its very thin tool. Narrow hardcover version. Yeah, it's just a great spring read, a great spring summer read. You know, they're talking about having beers and ordering hamburgers and stuff like that. You know, at a at in some country, man. Yeah, Rum Diary, absolutely. Rum Diaries, whatever. Yeah, read it. I I can even feel the book. Yeah, great, great read, man. Uh, Rob here wants to know uh, what are your takes on politics. Uh, I first of all, it's 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 not a game. It's not subject to, to debate. Um, uh, you know, the great thing about it is I don't sit around and talk about it. I think about ways that, um, there's hardcore, uh, psychological ways, man, to, to actually make things right. Cause we all know, we all know, you know, what's right. And there's a very goofy element from, uh, generations, very fascist generations that I know firsthand that just are, that are no good. And, um, they're just no good that have been very greedy and selfish and have caused a lot of misery for a lot of people. And that is the enemy. And that's not uh, political. That's mm-hmm. reality. That's not subject to debate. So, you know, those, uh, it's just, it's just, uh, it's, uh, but we're, we're always evolving and so forth. So definitely. I uh, got an email here. I want to know, um, are you still a uh, a Burger King man? No, I don't. You know, I just said it's interesting that you asked that because I realize I don't go I don't go to um, fast food places. It was never a conscious decision. I just realized actually it was funny you're asking. I just brought that up today. I I don't. Um, that was a different era. I don't I don't go to any 
anything like that at all. I don't deal with it. Just it was a different point mm-hmm. in my life. I just um, I'm, I just don't go there. Go to those places no more. Yeah. Uh, what what kind of like advice would you give to uh, somebody who who wants to make a film themselves? Well, there's there's a couple different ways that advice can be um, given. The one is you know if you want to actually be personally successful, then you I don't know. There's two different philosophies, man. Is is to be yourself, or you really don't have to. You can just become a good craftsman, a good technician, and just you know make cliched stuff, and you'll do you'll do just great. Or if you're an artist with inner passion, then you you have to be unique. If I mean, if you want your own unique voice to be heard, then you you have to do it. But um, you know, life is not just about being a melancholic artist, man. Um, it, you can just be a uh, just a someone good at, at at the craft and just churn out cliched, um, very formulaic stories, and you'll you'll do equally equally as well, man. So I can either say you know be yourself that could be meaningless to some people when they're just gonna put out tor- Terminator 42 and Reservoir Dogs 43, <laughs> man. So you know, and it's not knocking either of those films are great, brilliant films, but they were made by their own filmmakers, and some people live their lives in perpetual homage to those um, two lines mm-hmm. of thinking, mm-hmm. which is fine, man. I'm, I'm no one to say anything. I know there's actually a part in, uh, in horror business that, you know, uh, I thought was pretty cool when you were saying, um, you know, not everything has to be like something else. Well, I, you know, I actually I don't give a damn. I'm just not going to involve myself with it. When people say my film is like this and like that, it's always that. Two things they use, two, they draw from two films. It's so and so meets so and so, such and such meets such and such. And hey, man, if, if that's your gig and that's how you have to describe your life, such and such meets such and such, you know that's fine. But I'm not down. Personally, I'm not down with that. I have my own visions, my own work, man. It ain't got nothing to do with some movies. Movies are like the last inspiration for me whatsoever. I go off real life. I don't I don't think about other movies and then begin to replicate them, so forget that, man. Mm-hmm. I'm not interested in I nice. and uh so I mean I'm I'm inspired by real life, um, all of that stuff. Uh Steven here in the chat room he wants to know so a football question. Uh do you think Brett Farr should hang up his cleats and let Aaron Rodgers take over at QB? Oh, no, it's, it's, it's all natural. Just that Aaron Rodgers is great, a fantastic quarterback. Everything is, um, everything's cool. Let nature take its course. Uh, did you have anything, John? Uh, just, uh, I'm a big fan of, like, Dean Cundy's films whenever I watch them. Just, uh, is there any, like, directors of photography that you're big fans of? Uh, well, you know, um, I could, yeah, I mean, well, not so much. I mean, well, you know, I don't know. I got, you know, I, I'm totally down with Ingmar Bergman, man. At CC's, just, um, you know, so you, I could say Sven Nixvis, whatever. And you know, obviously, but that wouldn't be too totally truthful because you know, like the Dawn of the Dead had excellent cinematography as well, very influential. Uh, especially with the editing and so forth. So not particularly a fan of, but like I say, Nick Fitz, like this shot Bergman stuff, obviously I'm totally enamored by, by uh, his work and so on and so forth. And, and, and many other filmmakers who've employed DPs that have done wonderful work. 
I don't think I uh, mentioned the website. I just want to mention the website quick. It's uh, it came from LakeMichigan.com. If, uh, oh, thanks, went... Wayne Klingman. Thanks you and Brian Bloodsoaker. Thank you. They're uh, they help run that. Yeah, so everybody wants to uh, you know find out how to get your tickets and how to get there and everything. Yeah, uh, just go right there. So you, uh, I think I already asked that, but you enjoy like um, you enjoy going to the film festival. Did you go to them like uh, you know before, like just as a fan? No, because I, I, um, I don't even. I'd have to look at all of my journal entries to see what I was actually thinking. No, I never um, was proactive like that to touch mm-hmm. my maze by people who say, "Yeah, I'm going halfway across the world or down the street to the film festival." It's like. That would never enter my mind, man. I was just drinking all the time, so I just <laughs> listen to music and stuff like that. Yeah, I think they've kind of uh, become big though in the last few years. Or oh, bigger absolutely. Than it's, yeah. it's a different culture, dude. Man, that wasn't happening, man. When I was twenty, there was no such thing as that stuff to any great extent. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we America is, is really a full gear in a, in a media culture now. It's becoming far more pervasive. Mm-hmm. Do you have some Troy? Is Troy still with us? No, no, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> you got the, the football man here, Troy. Do you have something to add? Um, I was just going to ask um, who's who's taking the North this year. Well, first of all, I can tell you from experience that experts and anyone else, um, they're 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 usually off. You can do get a dude off the street. It'll make a pretty pretty much of a closer prediction. I mean. Yep. You could say essentially it could be the Super Bowl could be Green Bay versus New England, and that's as good as that is anything. I mean, you can take some tragic teams. You could be pretty sure that they're not going to get in the playoffs. But other than that, it's anyone's guess. Experts are usually wrong. They don't say that their, their misses are more than their hits. Uh, you got to do it from the gut. And like I say, I mean, it, it could be Green Bay and New England in the Super Bowl for all we know this year. I will write you down for that one. Green Bay versus New England. All okay. right. Well, we get the Patriots. Well, I'm a Patriots fan. He's from he's from Massachusetts, but he's not oh, a Patriots excellent. fan. Oh, excellent! Excellent. He likes the Browns. I don't know where he's from. I'm a Browns that. fan. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's there's romance in 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 that type of organic setting of, of Cleveland. You know, man. Yeah, dirt, mud. <laughs> uh, were you surprised that Mike could scream so well? I get that email earlier today. Oh no! I mean, you know, we all have potential. And a lot, for most of us, that potential usually is pretty far down in our psychologies and will never surface. You know, we live, have these superficial exteriors. And so when somebody screams all like that, it doesn't surprise me because it helps me learn that everyone has potential, but generally it's all hidden potential. And within the snap of a finger, some of us surprisingly can become instantaneous extroverts. So, you know, there you have it. Case study, case example. Uh, here in the chat room, El Hilo del Santo. Um, I don't know if you're an Asian horror movie fan or also a Mexican horror lucha libre fan. Okay, well, for one, um, audition was truly, truly, truly disturbing. Uh, so these are not pleasant films to watch. They're nightmaric. I, I don't get into them, mm-hmm. but they're great. I mean, audition was great. Um, very disturbing. And then, um, Mexican horror flicks, uh, my friend, the makeup effects artist from Minneapolis, Mike Etoll, had given me, uh, films that I, uh, Coffin Joel. Am I oh. correct? 
Uh, uh, you guys know about Coffin Joe? I, I don't know, but I, I'm sure I'll uh, no, I have no clue what the hell I'm talking about, but right. Mike Detoll, thanks for giving me the films. I'll have to check them out. You talked about, like, Audition, and uh, I haven't seen that movie, but I, I think it's like, um, like you said, it wasn't like a, like a fun movie to watch. What do you think about, you know, there's a lot of recent horror movies where it's basically, instead of horror, it's like... Um, terror. Yeah, terror, watching someone be uh, tortured. Like torture. Mm-hmm. Just, it's truly disturbing films to watch, yeah. man. Do you see, like, any entertainment in that, or...? Oh, of course there's entertainment in it. Of course there's entertainment in it. Of course there's entertainment in it. Otherwise, it wouldn't be made. Right. Well, I mean, you personally, though, I mean, is it, is it something that you like to watch, or would you prefer to watch? Uh, I, I love, I love uh, uh, Harlan County, USA, Salesman from the Maisley's Brothers. I love Simulacycle Taxoplasm, Take One, Last Tango in Paris, Eight and a Half, Persona. Um, you know, set me on fire with those things, man. Uh, um, Autumn Sonata, Sonata by Bergman, man. Um, and, uh, it just, it just on and on and on. Cries and whispers, man. Oh, man, I'm shaking them, but it's mind blowing, man. Salesman, black and white, mid 60s, dude smoking cigarettes, talking shop candidly about selling Bibles, going door to door. Oh, it's a work of art. The tensions of the, of the Union or whatever, Harlan County, USA, maybe 76, we're talking. Symbiopsychotaxoplasm, Central Park trying to make this, this, it's just, it's, it's cinema. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's gold. Passion Park, man, taking uh, 70, maybe out in the desert. I mean, you talk about politics. It's, 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 in, it's insane, man. It's beautiful. It's, it's crazy, man. It makes me shiver. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, what do you think about like the uh, recently in like movies? Uh, there's just been like a, like a million like zombie films. Do you think mm-hmm. they're just like oversaturation with uh, zombie films, or what do you think like the fascination is? Uh, it, it, again, it's it's it is now it is actually zombie films are actually are a hardcore part of our central culture now, and it, it's amazing. It's it's taken root. It's it's it's. Uh, been nurtured and now we're we're reaping we're reaping those crops man and uh you know i i you make 10 million of them for all i care i'm gonna see them i, I know where it's at with night living dead and dawn of the dead mm-hmm. um so i you know make billions of them you know as you're, everyone's happy watching them making them i'm happy not seeing them and we're all happy we all win <laughs> uh, did, did you see i'm not re- talking on anything man no, I i'm just saying look dude I know you like what it, I, I you know, I, I it's not knock better or worse than not knocking. I, I know for me personally where it's at. For me, for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we actually asked a guy earlier about um like Halloween Halloween coming around here. Not the movie, but Halloween itself. Yeah. Uh, do, do you do anything for Halloween? Uh you know since within the last probably decade I started going to haunted houses I you know, I was too drunk to drive. I just did all of that stuff, you know, that would say, you know, I would never, you know, drive while drinking. And I'm just not because of morality or commercial or anything. I just wasn't, I, I said, oh, it ain't worth it, man. It's crazy. So, so when, as I got older is when we started actually going to haunted houses as a business. So I kind of live my life in reverse sometimes, uh, as opposed to the natural. You know, mm-hmm. um, evolution of, of people's lives. So, um, 
So I truly enjoyed the season. I love filming in it. I love driving around in it. Love the bars, the haunted houses, all that kind of stuff. Like when you were a kid, did you ever like uh, like just really go out with like the makeup or anything? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, we had a uh, wonderful neighborhood that um, was. I can remember going through apartment complexes where they had leaves on the floors or her. Oh yeah, I mean, we'd go trick or treating, man. Hell yeah. I can remember that distinctly. And what what a treasure, what a memory, man. And right. when we were punky young teens, we would, uh, I remember one <laughs> season just going to haunted houses and, you know, conducting mischief and that. Cause we were, we were pretty hardcore uh, partiers in our teens. We were, uh, were religion, man. Is this Early guy, teens. this guy's just, uh, He's posted about 50 times now here in the, in the chat room, Rob. He wants to know, what you was your first... Yeah, I better ask <laughs> it here. I might come and get me. What was your first reaction to seeing Horror Business? You know, I just thought it was, it was, a, it was a cool film, um, you know, with, with passionate people. And, uh, you know, I mean, I know Chris Garantano. He flew out to Milwaukee, and he was a very sincere, down-to-earth guy. He, he touched me and so forth, and I admire him. I... Um, you know, following his footsteps of being a, a genuine guy, man, it's someone to follow. Um, you know, I, I dug it, man. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, we hope you wish uh, wish you luck here on uh, Scare Me, and when it comes oh, out, maybe you. we can pick it up on uh, Covenigma.com. Yeah, who knows, man? I mean, it's, it'll be it'll be out there. I'll take it around to festivals and ask questions and give answers and, and all of that stuff, man. Mm-hmm. Now you're also you also got a part in a Cabin Fever two. Yeah, I got a part in Cabin Fever two. I play the lead in the Hagstone Demon. It's a great horror flick that will probably also be coming out this year. It's the Hagstone Demon, shot in Minneapolis, directed by John Springer, great guy. Cabin Fever two, shot by Ty West out in uh, Wilmington, North Carolina, great guy. Um, I'm in a. I'm actually. Um, going to be on, uh, you can look out for me on uh, on MTV, on um, MTV Made, man. I'll be uh, doing, I uh, coach this actress, uh, or this uh, chick, uh, coach her into being a horror actress. So that should be coming out uh, probably next month, man. That's cool. Check that out. You play Herman, is the name. Yep. Yeah, and, uh, Kevin Fever too, yeah. Uh, any, any movies you want to recommend to anybody out there? Maybe something that, uh, wouldn't be like uh like a mainstream movie they don't may not know about. Oh yeah, I mean I, I just um you know check out uh, all of Fellini, check out all of Bergman, completely respect Hitchcock, read up, study Wells. Um, let's see, and then like I said, go dig out Symbiopsychotaxoplasm, Passion Park, Salesman, Harlan County, USA. Um, go go get those suckers, man. Um, see what your reaction is. Go see Slam. That came out in 96, I believe. Go check that out, man. Go check those things out, man. Uh, any, any last words you want to tell everybody out there? Yeah, I mean, you know, just drink water, drink fruit, cut down on the junk food, man. Seriously, get plenty of fruit and vegetables, drink lots of water and juices, stay away from trans fats, stay away from high fructose corn syrup, um, defend yourself, protect yourself, man. You know, um, meditate each day, not in no, no fruity, fruity <laughs> type way, but just think about what you're doing, man, and think about what you want and make sure at the end of the rainbow that you have 
Klung's broth found and clung to some of those treasures along the way that you have with you, you know. You know, it's your one shot at this whole thing, you know. So um, if that's something you may want to consider. Mm-hmm. Are you a vegetarian or anything? No, hell no, oh, man. I ate so much junk food today, it's incredible. <laughs> I mean, I didn't even plan to do it. I had a Super 70-foot-long chili cheese hot dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Frankie came over with this whole bales pizzas and stuff. And and so, I mean, you know, but no, I, but last night I was eating like watermelon and, uh, and uh, like plums and apples and, you know, orange juice and, cranberry juice you see what i'm saying man you're hungry you're in a situation all of a sudden you're presented with this junk so you eat it right but man but you you know eat but i but as in that's reactionary but as an actionary you know bananas carrots every day oatmeal uh all of that kind of stuff man and lots of that not that craft tap water stuff but bottled water dude because that's been who cares? Some dumbass says, oh, it's tap water. Yeah, no shit. But it's been zapped. <laughs> Drink bottled water. All right. And then and if you do all that stuff every once in a while, you can eat yourself a pizza. Yeah, you, you should put junk in your system. You eat all vegetables and all that stuff. Something will go wrong in your body. You've got to put junk. And, and you know, you've got to put junk because there has to be a challenge in the body, or a reasonable challenge, man. All right, man. Really appreciate you coming on tonight. We went a uh, we went a little late, but that's cool. You guys, thanks for everything, and um, I got to get a copy on CD, so I'm going to contact you guys when I'm more cognizant of <laughs> all right. of reality, man. And, <laughs> and yeah, no problem. Like, that's no problem at all. I'll get you, we'll get you a copy, and we'll get you pictures, and it's yeah, all you're cool. speaking my language. All right, thank you so much. Listen, I, you guys have accommodated. This, 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 these meditations now for an hour and a half from three distinct individuals. And on my behalf and their behalf, I want to thank you for giving us your time and your ear. And also want to thank the dudes out there listening and the dudes out there, which includes chicks, obviously, you know, dudes, people for all of the everything, man. Yeah, I think I think dudes and companies, uh, both guys and the girls up there. There you go. Can we keep here for one second? Don't worry about it, Ray. I'm going to put this to good use.
My name is Victoria DeMar, and you're listening to Without Your Head. We will drag you up from the depth of your despair and raise you to the level of enlightenment. We'll strip away that dark, destructive excrement which you call life, and we'll take it and destroy it. And then we will breathe new life into you. Green skies and blue grass. Jeff Broadstreet, you're listening to withoutyourhead.com. All right, we're back. Welcome back to Without Your Head. Yes, we have returned. I want to uh, thank uh, Mark Borchardt. Mm-hmm. That was, that was really cool. It was like an hour and a half interview. We went mm-hmm. all over the place. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, went around the room. It was uh, pretty uh, interesting stuff there. Yeah. They could talk. He's cool just to listen to. Yeah. Definitely. And, uh, we we didn't talk about the show, but if you, you know if you haven't seen it, I re- definitely got to check out American Movie. It's, uh, it's actually one of my favorites. But you also got ch- if you buy that, if you get American Movie, you can also see Coven. It's uh, they have it right on there on the specials. Or just yeah. go to uh, covenigma.com and I think you can pick up the DVD. Yeah, yeah, pick it up there. Good stuff. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. You check out horror business. Mm-hmm. Check out Coven. Check out Scare Me when it comes out. Check out anything with Mark up or John Donald. All right, guys. Um, I mean, we could go. T- it's probably getting pretty late here. Probably wrap up the show, I guess. Huh? We're past uh, seven past the uh, witching hour here. Right. Um, I don't know. We might take some Q and A, maybe. Or just, you want to go uh, to the Q and A? I'm uh, up for it. If you guys are, if you yeah, guys Troy, are, too are you up for it? Are you too sleepy? Did Troy fall asleep on us? Oh, I think he did. Actually, oh, yeah, man. we lost Troy. Oh, oh man. We'll try oh, to get man. him back here on the show. Mm-hmm. We'll try to uh, entertain you as we as we bring him back here. Are you calling him right now? Oh, okay. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> if I was him, I want to pick up, that's for sure. Oh, he heard Q&A, and he was like, the hell with these guys. <laughs> Troy, are you there? Nope. No Troy. But anyhow. Says, 
right. You got any uh, Q&A questions? I've got the Q&As right here, right in front of me. Uh Uh-huh. All right. What what do we got? All right. We've got them right here in front of me. Uh, If you could re-release one classic horror movie in theaters, rather than seeing it remade, which would it be? That's from a rival. Re-release a movie in theaters. Right, which, you know, instead of not remaking it, but actually taking the movie and putting it back out onto the theaters. Okay. Which you don't really do very often. Interesting question. Interesting question. Um, What would I like to see? I would like to see him put out a Creature from the Black Lagoon in uh, 3D, because I've never seen the 3D version. And what I've heard from, like, if you see it in 3D on the big screen, it's, like, really impressive. Yeah. But really, like all, all the all the uh, Universal horror movies, like maybe do a little, kind of like then they did uh, eight films to die for. Maybe do like a little uh, a little uh, uh, film fest, like at your local theaters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be really interesting to see uh, Creature from Black Lagoon put back out. I thought, like seeing it in the 3D aspect, I think that would be really cool. Yeah. I'd probably like to see for my own selfish reasons, probably. Like, going off of what you just said, uh, Friday 13th Part 3, 3D, I think that would be cool to see. But another film that also popped into my mind was uh, Warner Horzog's uh, Nosferatu. I think uh, the beginning, it really had some, like, fantastic-looking scenes at the beginning where it was, like, going through the mountains and stuff. So I'd be be curious to see what that would look like on the big screen. Mm -hmm. I'd love to get him on the show, actually, but... uh... But anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, that would be really cool. Um, all right. I don't think I think Troy's here, but I think he's he's actually in bed sleeping. <laughs> oh, good blame, you know? Yeah. Uh Maggot, he wants to know what is by the way, if you guys want to add your own questions here to uh for the Q and A cauldron, just go over to uh, withoutyourhead.com, join up on the on the message board, and uh there's a little space here where you can leave questions for the Q and A cauldron and we'll answer them right here on the show. Mm-hmm. And, okay, Maggie wants to know, what is the most effed up scene you have ever seen? Oh, man. Like, the only thing that pops in my mind right now, I've probably seen worse, but, like, the only thing that comes to mind is, like, the the scene from Last House on the Left. It's just like, you know, you know, piss your pants. I mean, come on. <laughs> right. <laughs> And then they pull out, like, the girl's, like, freaking gallbladder or something. But I don't think that was in the actual original cut. I think it was right. like, cut out because they just put it back in for the DVD because must be more disturbing. But that, mm. that was a pretty strange film. Is Troy back here with us? I've returned. All right. Uh, you missed the last Q&A. The last question was um, if you could re-release one classic horror movie at the theaters, not remake it, but actually just take the old movie and put it right. back in the theaters, what would it be? I heard yours was The Creature. What was John? Uh, I picked uh, Nosferatu from uh, oh, man. Warner Horizons. I had a feeling somebody was going to pick that one. So, <laughs> I, I'm, going, I'm going with the uh, – everyone's going to think I'm going to say Frankenstein or Bride, but I'm not. I'd like to see um, the old Charles Lawton's uh, Island of Lost Souls. Ah, okay. I just think like that movie, like on the big screen, would be so cool. I've never seen it on the big screen. It's another story that they, you know, they remade constantly. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They've done what three, three uh, Doctor Moreau's? Yeah, and yeah, plus he, there was a there's a Full Moon Madness. Hey, Galgo, uh, he actually brings up an interesting thing here in the chat room. Demons. He's never seen the first Demons. That'd be kind of neat to see in a uh, 
in a in a theater because it's actually like the movie's like for people who's watching like a movie in a theater. <laughs> And then, like, oh, the demons yeah. come into the theater, and then they start killing people. So oh. That'd be kind of neat to see. But. Yeah. Do you, do you think, I mean, that would be a cool idea, and I think people, if you say, like, oh, that'd be great, I'd go to it, but I don't know if it would really make money. But if you if you could open, like, a, uh, a your own theater and just show old movies, do you think it would really fly? Nah, I don't know. It's, it's a romantic type of idea, but I right. doubt it would actually, you'd actually profit from it. I, mean, I think it, you'd have I, to be in like a pretty populated area and it would have to yeah, be a certain type of, it yeah, it'd have to be a certain type of people there too. Yeah. I don't think it would appeal to the masses. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's, it's a nice idea, but I, I just don't think it would really fly. Mm-hmm. Sad as it is, I mean, it, it probably won't. What was I the mean, so uh, John can finish here if you want. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I mean, you know, I just can't really foresee myself like paying a, uh, you know, a fee to get into like a, right. you know, like I was a, gonna, a movie again. Yeah. I mean, I'd probably like to see a lot of stuff on the big screen, but oh well. <laughs> Maybe someday we can just buy our own theater and just for ourselves. Yeah, there we go. If people just start buying some without your insurance. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the most effed up scene that you've ever seen? Oh. In a movie. Oh, okay, that narrows it down. <laughs> I actually went with the uh, last house on the left, so that's, that's the only mm. thing I could think of. Right, that that's a pretty good one. Yeah, I can't, um, I don't know. It's a pretty messed up scene at the beginning of a Hills of Eyes two, uh-huh. where the baby basically is you know she's giving birth to the baby, and it it basically rips out of her himself and like. It's a pretty bizarre thing. <laughs> I, I think, like, maybe for me, like, one of the, the scenes is just, like, you know, and it's it's one that, you know, they kind of spoof on now is uh, is the one where, where the chest burster first appears in Alien. Yeah. Uh, rips out of her chest. <laughs> I just thought that, that that just floored me when I first saw it. That was all, oh, yeah. And then and they make fun of it in Spaceballs. Yeah, yeah I mean, my, that was kind of ruined for me because I watched Spaceballs before I watched Aliens. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'll do it. Then. So yeah, it wasn't you as horrifying, but like, I'm sorry, it's like I gotta see that Spaceballs. <laughs> Alien can wait, but man, I gotta see that Spaceballs. I was a kid when I watched Spaceballs. I didn't even know what Aliens was, but <laughs> anyhow, uh, yeah, that kind of ruined it for me. So, but. I'm not. I'm not trying to like say like you know that was a bad choice or anything. I was just saying. Like, oh no, no, no! I know what you mean though, because that's yeah. what I was saying. You know, like I, I saw it spooked on like some uh, almost like a candid camera type show last night. Like, yeah. This guy that was like giving information at a booth, and then he had like the chest burster pop out and stuff. I'm like, oh man. Another scene, oh. man. Uh, that David Hess. He's a. Uh, he's quite a. Uh, He's quite a disturbing fellow. Uh, Great ladies, man. House on the edge of the park. Uh, he's like he's like cutting this girl up in it, and he's like singing to her and stuff. Like I don't know, it's it's, it's a pretty messed up scene. That gave me a strange feeling. <laughs> yeah, actually, pretty much that old movie last house on the left is pretty. It's pretty up stuff. stuff. I'm not a big fan. Of that. The one scene a lot of people talk, but I just think it's kind of silly. Is that when she's uh, the 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 uh, mother is uh, the guy rolls sex and bites off his uh, his yeah. and One of the things that I really respected about Wes Craven whenever he did the commentary for that film was like 
he's like, you know, we push film past the boundaries, and he's like, and you know, actually, if you, if, you know, that's something that any like idiot could do, <laughs> like, like you know, like push push it past like you know the uh, the uh, you know decency or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was actually gonna ask Mark. We had him on, but you know, he brought up that those guys were cool on the the horror business. But if you watch that, besides uh, Mark. Pretty much those guys are really fascinated with, like, shocking the audience in their movies that they're making. Yeah. And I don't know if that's always... I mean, if you happen to, if it's a good idea, that's cool. But I don't know if you really should just go out of your way to shock mm. people just for the sake of shocking them. I don't know if that really makes for entertainment or, or you know, anything that I want to see. Yeah. Besides just being shocking. Yeah. yeah I don't, just the sake of being shocking for the sake of being shocking, basically. Mm. I think right. I think we got a we really have to throw out a big shout out to our boy from the UK over there. Oh, definitely. Oh yeah, Adam from the UK, correct? UK Adam, yep. Yep, UK Adam. He uh he went to a horror convention over there and uh, he met up with uh with uh Adam Green. Got a had, showed him his without your head t-shirt and he got a picture with of Adam Green with a the URL written on a board. No. Yeah. That was pretty awesome. I, that was pretty really awesome. made me feel good. Yeah. Because apparently, I believe Adam Green, you know, he saw a shirt and he remembered being on the show. So that was, you know, that was pretty cool. And then they actually get him, you know, holding up the sign. And he actually looks like he wants to take the picture. He's not like, you know, what the hell is this? Mm-hmm. That was just really cool. So uh, everybody check out Hatchet, too, when that comes out next week. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. You know, I went to work and I was like, hey. Check this out. This guy's holding our URL, and this is a man <laughs> whose film is about to be released. What do you think of that? <laughs> that is pretty cool. Though. I mean, that is wild. Yeah. If we ever do the uh, the fan hall of fame here, and without your head, I think UK Adams going to be up there and probably the top of the list. Oh man, really appreciate that. That's, that was really cool. Yeah, that was really cool. Like like John said, uh, you know, I was just saying this. I really appreciate that. that. Was like a pretty cool moment. Well, I think I think UK Adam with that, you can say he's he's kind of a front runner for without your head rookie of the year. It could be. It's got some stiff competition. You get Golgo, you get Ryron, you get El Santo, you get a lot of you get a lot of good dudes. Yep, yep. Everybody uh you know, I said this before, but go to uh, withoutyourhead.com and join up for the uh you know, the message board. Definitely, definitely. Need to get the message board going. Yeah, I mean, you got some people there. It's slowly building up. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, one, the though. more people you get here, the more fun it is. Yep. All right, right now, it's twenty-eight guests on, on the board, so people are checking it out. I guess. Excellent. Excellent thing. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess that's probably just about going to do it for us this evening. This is EJ Curse, aka EJ Curcio from the uh, infamous Hard Rock Zombies, saying I love WithoutYourHead.com. I used to get busted a lot for going into my day program drunk, so I uh, went in there on three hits of acid just to prove him wrong. <laughs>